Body Clock. Hyperloop. Mayor. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story today is health news. This is from ScienceDaily.com. The headline is, Blue light may not be as disruptive to our sleep patterns as originally thought. Okay, so just like coffee where it's like, now it's bad for you, now it's good for you, now it's the best thing, now it's the worst thing. If you're not drinking it, you're going to die. If you drink it, you're going to die tomorrow. Same with blue light. Does this upset you? I get get frustrated when it just, it feels like the... The, I don't know if it's the scientific community. I don't know if I want to paint them all with that broad br- brush, but they're just like jerking us around like, hey, this is good for you now. This is good for you. I, I used to think that only happened with food yeah. type things. I'm just going to assume now that the only always okay thing for you is water. Yeah. And everything else, I'm just, I'm just taking a risk. <laughs> yeah, when it, when it comes to food, like you just, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. It's water and that's it. Literally just water. Yep. Not even bread and water. Bread. We don't know. It's carbs. <laughs> Who knows? Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yes. I will explain. <laughs> JMOs. Ah, okay. Contrary to common belief, blue light may not be as disruptive to our sleep patterns as originally thought, according to University of Manchester scientists. The team says that using dim, cooler lights in the evening and bright, warmer lights in the day may be more beneficial to our health. And they're going to explain why they think this. So literally the opposite literally the of opposite. what we've been told. Literally the opposite of what we've been told. So cool. Love literally that. the opposite. Twilight is both dimmer and bluer than daylight, they argue. And the, quote, body clock uses both of those features to determine the appropriate times to be asleep and awake. So yeah, so in this whole thing, they kept using the term body clock, and I was like, isn't that just called your circadian rhythm? Why is it called a body clock here? Like, am I mixing up the definitions of I, things? It's easier to remember, I guess, and it's kind of catchy to it's say. It's more of like a layman's terms kind of a thing, maybe? The body clock. Yeah. From Hasbro. So, I'm going to continue to refer to it as the body clock, sure. but I think they mean like your circadian rhythm yeah. system, I'll be judging, whatever system. I'll be judging them, not you. Okay, good. Just want to make that clear. Okay, Uh, so the research, which was carried out on mice, used specially designed lighting that allowed the team to adjust color without changing brightness. Okay. So they did some tests, and the tests showed that blue colors produced weaker effects on the mouse body clock than equally bright yellow colors. So with the brightness level controlled, the blue actually was less, like, effective at like messing it up Hmm. basically according to them okay um so then they kind of went a little bit into the science of it so the body clock uses a specialized (laughs) light sensitive protein in the eye to measure brightness called melanopsin Hmm. um which is and and that uh protein is better at detecting shorter wavelength wavelength photons than longer wavelength photons and this is supposedly why researchers originally suggested that blue light might have a stronger effect because blue light is a shorter wavelength. Right. So, okay, except that our perception of color comes from a different place. It comes from the retinal cone cells in the eyes. Um, and this new research is supposedly showing that the blue color signals supplied from that source um, actually reduce the impact of light 
on the body clock. So like if you're looking at the signal from that instead of this other like protein, mm-hmm. it's there's less of an effect on the circadian rhythm than than if there's a signal coming from that protein of like yellow light. Some it's something like that. It's basically okay. like looking at like a different source of like a change. Does yeah. that make no, sense? No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I'm the confused look on my face is because I don't understand how the body works at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just don't understand how like, hasn't there been a lot of research into this already? Like, wouldn't they know if, like, hmm, yeah, something just, doesn't seem right? Like, the blue light isn't always consistently cha- Like, I don't know. Like, wouldn't someone, I, I don't know, it just seems kind of like, yeah, really? I, I don't know. You would also think the same thing with the food studies. That's like, true. Like, it should be obvious that this is one way or the other for you, but I guess we just. That's true. We well, just, it's like. We just keep finding new things about the body that the, we didn't realize before. Totally 100% true. But I will say with food studies, that is a lot harder because a lot of that stuff is very like long-term effects. Mm-hmm. And over a long period of time, there's like so many variables that could happen that could affect things that like, how do you know it's actually because of that? So right. I kind of see that. But this is like, okay, have you been able to like fall asleep easier or more? I mean, I guess there's a lot of other variables that can affect that too, right, for sure. <laughs> so maybe that's a It is kind point. of ridiculous that in these studies, we do narrow everything down to like one factor when there are like... Sleep, I'd say, has fewer than our entire diet, but there's still like a lot of factors that that go into that. And I, I mean, I I would assume if this is a good study that they're controlling for those yeah. other v- factors, but maybe there are ones they're not considering. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But especially with food, one is like red wine makes you live longer. It's like there's there's no way <laughs> that you, that you <laughs> that can you know that, that you can be confident that like every single person in your study like. I don't know. It just there's so many other factors that go into diet and lifestyle and yeah. that kind of thing. It, it just I think that's well, why we keep seeing these things get flipped back and forth mm-hmm. is because like you look at a different group of people, it's going to affect them a different way because yes. they live their life in a different way. Correct. Ah, anyway, that different populations have totally different like factors. A B correlation doesn't equal causation. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which I know I've said before mm-hmm, on this show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we need to say this again. Yeah, because it doesn't probably, ever seem to get to anyone. We're like, probably preaching to the choir, hopefully, I, right yeah, now. I hope so. But correlation does not equal causation. Yeah. So you can't do a study that's like, oh, everyone in the Mediterranean region lives a long time, and they also all drink wine. I want. I bet the wine is making them live longer. Like mm-hmm. that is a totally false, like equivalence. Right. It's actually or, olive oil. They, it's actually olive oil, yeah, because yeah. Well, they they eat olive oil. Yep. So just eat it, spoonfuls of it. <laughs> I mean, they put it in everything. So, I, but but yeah, correlation does not equal causation. And a mm. lot of the food stuff maybe was kind of biased by that. Yeah, I'm kind of guessing at that. I don't want to like totally just rip on anyone that's done food science or anything. But we're not food scientists. We're not. We're not. So anyway, now I have an excuse to be on my phone at night before I fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes either on this way, study. I was like... doing it either way. <laughs> my first story is technology news. And this comes to us from MSN by uh, way of my mother. Uh, awesome. <laughs> this headline is too long. Chicago to Cleveland in 32 minutes? A Hyperloop system could make that possible. But first, the technology has to work. That's all that line. It's okay. It's too long. Um, anyway, <laughs> the story is about a Hyperloop system, which would theoretically make it possible to travel between Chicago and Cleveland. In I love that minutes. idea. It sounds amazing. Um, 
This kind of speed, 10 times faster than a car and more than twice as fast as a plane, could bring an explosion of economic growth, according to a new study. Uh, building a Hyperloop system to carry passengers between Chicago, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh could lead to more than 900,000 jobs and $47.6 billion in increased income, according to the oh boy, Great Lakes Hyperloop Feasibility Study being released Monday by the Northeast Ohio Area-Wide Coordinating Agency, which coordinates regional transportation spending. A lot of organization names in there. Yeah, um, you did good. Thank you. I was nervous. Uh, (laughs) The technology is still in development, so the timeline for when the uh, system could be built is still a mystery. It's hard to get too hyped over something that is still being tested, of course. Mm. Um, A Hyperloop, for those who don't know, including me, because I always forget what this actually consists of, uh, consists of a passenger (laughs) pod traveling through a metal tube uh, maintained at a partial vacuum, so like there's less atmosphere oh. inside of it. Uh, magnets cause the pod to move and levitate over the track once it picks up enough speed. Kind of like I think that's how bullet trains work too, mm-hmm. except they're not operating in a vacuum. Um, removing t- air from the tube eliminates wind resistance and friction, allowing the pods to reach speeds as high as 700 miles per hour while using little energy, which is, if you ask me, too fast. Um, by using solar power panels, the uh, system could actually create more power than it uses and feed it back into the grid. So it would be an incredibly energy efficient way That's of transporting awesome. people, which would be super cool. Yeah. Um, other Hyperloop routes are being considered around the nation and the world, including in Missouri, Colorado, India, and the United Arab Emirates. And uh, the company Hyperloop TT, who is, I think, the one that they worked with this on this study, um, they're testing the technology in a 320-meter tube in Toulouse, France. Uh, it has a passenger capsule that's nine feet in diameter and is similar to the body of a regional jet airplane. Hmm. Uh, and they have plans to test with people in the first half of next year. Oh, wow. So it might be happening sooner than we think. Okay, that's exciting. They also went into some more detail in the article itself. I think they're talking about maybe this actually happening like in 2023. Three, like they start construction on this oh, thing. That'd be so awesome. Wouldn't that be cool if that happened in our lifetime? Yes. We got to see that. I, yeah, I do that would not, be cool. I do not want to be first. <laughs> Me <laughs> or either. second, honestly. Either. I'm going to wait maybe a couple years. Yeah, I have questions. Um, maybe until I'm like really old and not that worried anymore. <laughs> Um, what is this? What are the seatbelts going to look like on this? <laughs> That's my first question. I want it to be like Will on a, on a roller work? coaster where you're just like strapped in. Yeah, like like the crossbody straps that like, are like if you are stopped suddenly after going 700 right. miles That's an hour, are you going to lift? As soon as or? they say 700 miles per hour, I'm just thinking, what if it stops suddenly, or it gets to the end and it doesn't stop and it just yeah, That's which I like, guess would be stopping suddenly. Well, but That's like, it's probably okay. Do you know how fast planes go? I do not know the answer to this. Off the top of my head, head no. Okay. I assume probably in the uh, three to 400 mile probably. per hour range based on just the map they mentioned in the article. Yes, That's same. all I'm going off of. Because I know how long it takes to fly from Cleveland to Chicago. Don't at me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either. I don't either. But I'm going to go with really rough ballpark that that's like twice as fast. Right, which is what they 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 estimated too. It's a, or at least the travel oh, did they time. Say- they said the travel time would be a, over twice as fast as an airplane. Oh, oh, did you say I'm sorry. Yeah. I missed They didn't oh, they didn't explicitly say that the speed of the thing would oh, be, but okay. I kind of extrapolated that. But. Sorry, I I no, must fine. have missed that. It was like so, the first thing. Was- um so, okay. That's amazing, but right. also 
if it crashes, everyone's d- like, know, how do just... you... <laughs> like, it's that weird... That, that's and there's no way of. that one doesn't ever crash because that's just Nothing's... how these things... Nothing's yeah. like 100% safe. Right. But, but hopefully they can maximize... I, I don't know. I would just... I would need to know that there are as many fail-safes built into the system as humanly well, possible before yeah. I would be comfortable riding in one. Because at least, like... Okay, think about with a plane. If there's mm-hmm. some type of mechanical failure, you, like, literally fall out of the sky. <laughs> right. And that's, like, not good. No. And with this, if there's, like, some type of mechanical failure, hopefully it would just slow down and stop. And that's all that happens, you know? Yeah. It's not I like, guess my concern is when there's a wall. Yeah. That would be where I'd be most concerned. But yeah, if like halfway through it fails, then yeah, you would just probably slow to a stop. Maybe there is never a wall. Maybe they build it like it's actually if it like that would ever happen, loop. it was actual. It would actually loop around. That's interesting. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Then that would solve that problem. That would solve that problem. Um, it still doesn't solve the problem though of like what if it just for some reason comes to a really abrupt stop. I mean, maybe they just have a design that that's mechanically like impossible. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like all of a sudden, all the magnets turn off and it just stops. It just goes from 700 miles an hour to like almost zero, even if it's not hitting a wall. Right. The people inside the cabin are going to have all that inertia. Yeah. Uh, it's still bad. It's still scary, but, but I don't know. I, smarter people than us are working on this, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we're not civil engineers. Or, yeah, so. smarter in this field. <laughs> yeah. not, give us yeah. some credit. We're going um, to give ourselves some credit. Here. But, uh,. <laughs> One thing they mentioned in the article, which I didn't even think of, is if you could get from Cleveland to Chicago in 32 minutes, that's like a commute. Yeah, I was thinking that too. People could work in one city and live in the other. Yeah. And how cool is that? That is so or like, cool. You could, or you have could a jo- after work, go out in downtown Chicago. Oh my gosh. Like, You're right. I didn't even think about that. Oh my gosh. We could just go to Chicago yeah. for like Friday night right. and come back. Yeah. In the same day. Like, it wouldn't be that big... It, wouldn't it be oh. that much more traveled than traveling to like the west side of Cleveland? How much do you think they charge though for a ride on this? I thing? mean, in the article, they sort of speculated. They didn't say any hard numbers, obviously, but they want to try to keep it affordable. Um, I imagine it would probably be like comparable to like a train ticket, maybe. Same kind of concept, mm-hmm. and like if like they say it, it doesn't actually have a lot of energy cost, and oh, it yeah. might actually make money for the like company that owns it. Then they can keep the cost down. Hopefully, hopefully, they can keep the cost down. Okay, super cool. Super it's, cool. It's neat. It's terrifying. I hope it happens in our lifetimes. Well, yeah, I, I feel that way. I'm, I'm totally 100 percent for the project. I yeah. don't oh, know if I, I'm going to be the also, first. Also, one honor. of the reasons they're looking at like Cleveland, Chicago, as one of the like first mm. maybe places to pilot this is one, it's really flat between there, oh. and two, they actually like already have rights to the land um, next to. Uh, I is it ninety that goes yeah. between the two? Mm-hmm. They like already have the land, so like that would oh. be much less of a problem, like getting the the land they need to actually okay. construct the thing. So sweet, yeah. That's it's a awesome. long article. There's a lot more information in there, and it's all interesting. And yeah, if you I want to know more, interested, make sure to check it out. Super cool. All right, my next story is random local news. <laughs> This is from Newsweek. A seven-month-old baby became the youngest mayor in America last weekend after he was inaugurated as the honorary mayor of Whitehall, Texas. William Charlie McMillan, McMillian, otherwise known as Mayor Charlie, 
donned a tuxedo as he appeared in front of roughly 150 guests celebrating his appointment at the Whitehall Community Center on Sunday afternoon. Mayor Charlie's swearing-in ceremony comes after he was, quote, elected in October to serve the local communities in Grimes County, Texas. The honorary mayor role is auctioned off to the highest bidder every oh, year okay. during the, yeah, it's not, it's not actually an election. Uh, it's, it's a thing that's auctioned off during the Whitehall Volunteer Fire Department's annual barbecue fundraiser. Oh, they have that power. Just, <laughs> so he's not the actual mayor. He's like a, this honorary town mayor. It's not the real mayor, okay. but everyone in the town like knows about it. Uh huh. And they actually had this like inauguration party for him. Can I just declare myself honorary mayor of a place? Like, yeah, I don't option? know. <laughs> like, it's not like he can actually do anything. <laughs> but obviously, um, <laughs> he has no authority, and also he's seven the ev- <laughs> months old. <laughs> yeah, he's a baby. the The event included a band that played patriotic music, performances from a local high school dance group. And a mock secret service. (laughs) None of which the baby appreciated. Charlie's mother, Nancy, told Newsweek that Charlie is tolerant of all partisan groups and proudly (laughs) tots the political slogan, Make America Kind Again. Oh, my goodness. Like, okay. It's a baby. (laughs) That was nice, I guess. Sure. Whatever. Here's a picture. Oh, that's cute. He looks very happy. Yeah, I think I think the baby had a good time at this party. Okay. And nothing actually of consequence will come of this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um it's the best we can just... say for an elected official. <laughs> <laughs> so, um this is just a, a a fun a fun thing. It's like a fundraiser thing and they gave it to a baby this year. I think it's probably normally it, it's just like, oh, it's a the the fire department fundraiser and someone like mm-hmm buys this thing as part of the fundraiser, but this year it was given to this child and that's why it made the news. <laughs> so that's fun. And you can read about it more on Newsweek. <laughs> Congratulations, Mayor Charlie. He is very cute. He looks very happy in the picture. So my next story is AI news. Kind of. uh, this is from CNBC. Apple, Google, and Amazon are cooperating to make your home gadgets talk to each other. I don't know how I feel about this. Don't worry. It's probably good. Well. Oh, oh okay. Well, 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 we'll You see. don't seem very confident about that. <laughs> I'm not. Amazon, Google, Apple, and the Zigbee Alliance, um, which is apparently a group that deals with like smart home devices. Oh. Um, uh, on Wednesday, announced a rare partnership that's focused on making smart homes easier for everyone. Today, you might walk into a store to buy a smart lock for your home. I would never. But you'd have to figure out if you need to buy a lock that works with the Amazon Echo, Google Home, or Apple HomeKit, because they all have their proprietary um, ways of communicating with each other. Uh, The same headache extends to the companies that build the smart devices. They need to decide from the outset if they want to support various connectivity methods used by Amazon, Apple, and Google. And if they do, they need to continue updating the device throughout its lifetime so it's secure across all the platforms that they choose to support, which is kind of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Especially if like another group happens to enter this. I mean, it just yeah. it's a problem that's just going to multiply. Um, this new standard aims to fix these problems. It's called Proje- Project Connected Home over IP. Not like the best name. Well, I feel like they could have come up with something up. clever or interesting or anything, but 
they came up with Project Connected Home Over IP. Sure. What, what's the acronym for that? C H O Choi P C H O I P. Pachoi. Pachoip. Pachoip. We could call it that. We, we could. That is more fun. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, they'll work to create a new standard for the smart home so that people can buy products knowing that they'll work with the systems they have at home and that they're secure, which I think is a win for yeah. pretty much everyone, honestly, yeah, for sure. if, if, this, if this happens. Um, though it reminds, there's an XKCD comic, I don't know if you've seen this one, where it's like there's five competing standards for this thing. We're going to introduce a standard um, to unify all of them. Now there's six competing standards for this thing. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> it, it potentially could have that same problem. But the yeah. fact that it's Apple, Google, and Amazon all working together on this is, first of all, kind of mind-blowing because they're all in constant competition yeah. in this field. But also, like, I think lends the project some like real credence. Cause well, yeah, that. And I, I think it can be a win-win for all of them, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I think they are probably all realizing that there are people that aren't buying one of their products maybe because mm-hmm. it doesn't communicate, with, communicate the with the other thing that they already have, right? Yep. So now I guess you can have Siri and Alexa talk to each other. Hmm. Um, they said that they're first going to focus on physical safety, smart home devices such as smoke alarms, carbon monoxide detectors, smart doors and locks, security systems, electrical plugs, window shades, and HVAC controls uh, before expanding into other types of devices and commercial solutions. So okay. your light bulbs might take a little longer to get to this standard, but... Uh, I don't know. I think it sounds like a good move. It's but it's also always scary when like monopolies monopolize. Yeah, I don't like monopolies. Um Hopefully it's like an open standard that anyone can kind of get in on yeah. and then I, I think that would be the most beneficial. I I agree because if those companies get together, make a standard and then don't share that information with other maybe like startups or like other types of companies that are trying to also do this, then that becomes problematic. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, yeah, and I'm also just generally scared to have their stuff in charge of my stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not, you know, into this whole like make everything in your house connected to everything else, like, mm-hmm. and also connected to the internet. Yeah, it's like I don't really want the locks of my house connected to the internet. Like that just seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, granted, <sighs> I'm kind of being a hypocrite because I do have my garage door. Like on one of these platforms, but okay, that's like but the only smart home thing I own currently. And it's really convenient if I'm like, if I've left home and I'm like, did I lock, close the garage door? I can check if it was closed and that's pretty cool. But are you, how worried are you about like someone hacking into that and opening your garage? Not that worried. Okay. It's like, if I'm not home, my car is probably not home. And that's like the most valuable thing in there. <laughs> Yeah. Are they going to steal my deck furniture over the winter, which is out on my deck during the summer anyway? So, like, what are they going to, like, that just feels different than, like, my I sleep in here. Like, you know, I I rarely sleep in my garage. That's good. If if ever. (laughs) Yeah, I do it sometimes, but, you know, like, not not too often. It's not. I just want to change of scenery. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just want to, like, switch things up. You know how important the scenery is when you're sleeping. (laughs) Okay, my next story is world news. This is from the Toronto City News website. The headline is, Mystery Man Intercepts Phone Scam Calls Saving Canadians Millions. 
Okay, so this story is actually not about a specific event necessarily, but just about this mystery man and what he's been doing recently in Canada. So this guy uh, in Canada, which I've already mentioned, <laughs> um, they gave him a fake name in this. I'm going to call him Canada Man because that's what I came up with and I couldn't couldn't think of something else. He has a Canada, <laughs> Canadian flag for a cape. Mm-hmm, yeah. He's like Batman, but like right. Canadian themed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's secretly communicating with an informant on scam phone calls in another country. So one day this guy got a scam phone call. He ended up befriending the guy in the phone. Like he just like, he knew it was a scam and he just like started talking to the guy and they like, I don't know, turned into friends. And then he convinced the other guy to be an informant for him on like scams that were happening. Uh So now they have an arrangement where the informant tips him off whenever a victim is about to transfer money through a bank or a Bitcoin transaction. So like when someone's like about to like, be subject to a scam, be scammed. (laughs) Yes. So he gets tipped off. And then if Canada man can actually stop the transaction from happening, he'll, he pays the informant a hundred dollars for every time. Oh, so informant gets something out of this. Yes. So basically what happens is this guy will like, he'll get like a text with like a phone number of the victim. And like, he then will just start like texting that person and calling them and like trying to like get them to, talk to him and then he tells them like hey you're being scammed or whatever and they stop mm-hmm. that's that's all that he does and uh sometimes he gets the police involved but like it sounded like not really all the time or sometimes yeah, they couldn't like really help a, if it's a transaction sort of situation then you don't really even need to right so so he just like does it yeah. um and he says that like when he gets these tips he has to do this really quickly because he usually has anywhere between 10 minutes and two hours to get through to the victim before money is lost usually Mm -hmm. at that point. So it's like a really like time sensitive thing. Um, But yeah, so according to the Canadian anti-fraud center, as of October 31st of this year, Canadians had reported over 19,000 telephone scams. I think this year alone. Um, And this guy has claimed that he's intercepted thousands of calls. I mean, I don't know, but he said that he saved Canadians about a million dollars collectively of all the scams that he's presented or prevented from happening through this. Wait, so this mystery guy is telling us all of this? Yeah. He told the news all this stuff. Okay. But his identity is like not known. But he like went, I I don't know. Like they, there's like this interview. I guess I'm just a little skeptical that the person who's like, the hero is saying, Hey, this is how I'm the hero. <laughs> yeah. I kind of thought that it's too. Like, do they have bit, any like, of the victims or anyone who have been like Canada man saved me? I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I guess I'm not, I can't be hundred percent sure, but I would think that these people actually checked this out and like did some actual research on this and know that he's actually helped people. And this isn't just some like random guy being like, Hey, I'm a good person. Hey, guess what I did? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> no. and that he's not actually like somehow also scamming the people or something. Right. Like, I mean, hey, hopefully, no, I hopefully mean, it it's all like, I'm, I'm just always heroes tell their own stories, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, heroes, well, heroes write the history. Probably the news found out about this because this guy has worked with the police on some of this stuff, mm-hmm. and they probably found out that way. I'm assuming. Yeah. 
That so, would make that makes sense. I don't. I don't think it was like he just like showed up and was sorry. Like, hey, I don't mean to like story your story's <laughs> wrong do. because he's yeah. no, no. A healthy just, level of skepticism is always appreciated. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> like I keep saying the band's identity is not. He didn't. He wanted to be anonymous in this true. and all this stuff. So like it's not like any like. It would be kind of weird to be, be like, hey, up. I won't tell you who I am, but I did all this cool stuff. <laughs> that would be kind like, of a weird thing to do. Like, I, he probably, I'm sure the news people know who he is, but he didn't want his, he didn't want this to be broadcasted because I think he doesn't want the scammers, the to, scammers catch on. to know <laughs> that this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Probably for his own safety, honestly. Right. Hmm. Okay. So. Thank you, but, Canada um, Man. Yeah, I just thought that was, I thought that was like, interesting that that's all that had to be you just had to be friends with someone and there you go like hey, it's a point for friendship there's I guess. a lot a lot of people are actually falling for these scams apparently so mm-hmm. this is definitely needed and see the key is to never answer your phone yeah that's what i do yep it works yeah if they really care they'll leave a voicemail yeah and if it's like really someone that you talk to all the time, they'll probably text you anyway and you have their number. So Right, so you'll know who it is calling. Right. And then you'll be like, Why are they calling me? Text me. <laughs> yeah. But if they are calling, like it's probably like, Oh, is this an emergency? Like what's happening? Yeah. And if it's an unknown number, it's like, I don't know who this is, so yeah. why would I answer? I it? assume there's a death. That's <laughs> the only reason somebody in my contact book is or it's the dentist. My next story is another technology news. from msn new sloping toilet aims to limit employee restroom breaks what this is the meanest thing i think i've ever seen on the internet that's not true but (laughs) wait oh my gosh okay so bosses who are fed up with workers taking too long on the toilet may have a new weapon in their arsenal a new toilet designed by the british startup standard toilet not a great name uh, has a downward sloping seat, like sloping down towards or away from the toilet. Um, and it's designed to make it unbearably painful to spend more than five minutes on the toilet. I, I, Your reaction is, is very good. Um, yeah, they say the toilet is meant to improve efficiency at companies, promising that the uncomfortable seat will discourage employees from using social media while in the bathroom. People across the internet have already begun to react to the toilet, mostly with indignation, such as one commenter who said, I really like this, surely the raise in productivity will correspond to a raise in wages, right? <laughs> just kidding, you just hate working people. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel very anti-worker. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. And this toilet retails for between $200 and $650. I don't know why they couldn't narrow it. Uh, <laughs> and began shipping in November. So they're already, they're already sending these things out. But yeah, it's a toilet Ew. that, like, just the fact that you, like, have to sit on it and I guess pretty much your legs will get tired from keeping you on the toilet. I hate this. It's so mean. And I feel, like, unnecessary. I don't even know what to say about this. It's so, <laughs> like... It just, it's mean-spirited. It's, yeah. like, it doesn't... I, I, I don't know. It doesn't... I don't think it helps anyone, really. 
Like, if you seriously have that big of a problem with people spending too much time in the bathroom, like, talk to them. Yeah. Like, Don't what? punish everybody at the company. This is what it looks like. Like, basically, you okay. just have to be, like, holding yourself up on it. Okay. I feel like this is not any better than a company deciding that they're going to start tracking how much time you spend on a bathroom break. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd say why this is, is almost this? worse because it's like punishing everyone and like causing physical pain if you're in there for too yeah. long. Yeah. Which like, hey, sometimes you need to be in the bathroom for a while. Like sometimes that needs right. to happen. Like maybe this is like TMI, but like there are certain situations that sometimes you might need to be sitting on the toilet for a bit. Okay. Like right. that can happen. It can happen. And it, it just... It seems like you're really, it seems like overkill. Just like somebody designed something for a problem that like doesn't need Isn't it. even a problem. Like, okay, I, I shouldn't say it's not a problem. It's a problem that has much better solutions to that. Yeah. And honestly, or, this is also probably TMI. But like sometimes I sit on a regular toilet and my legs start to hurt after a while if I'm on there for too long. So I don't know. They fall asleep more than anything. Mm. But it's just like, this just seems unnecessary. Yeah, it's it's unnecessary and just weird too. It's just like yeah. it feels it's stop? it's almost like it's almost <sighs> too personal for like the company to be getting like yeah that weirdly like, involved it's, with their yes, it, with it, their employees' I lives. Think, yes, that's that's part of my whole like discomfort with this is like why do you why are you trying to insert yourself into like what are the employees doing in the restroom? Like right. get the heck out of there. Like <laughs> How long? Like it what? Just, what, it, is, it what can't be that what big is of a the problem. Thre- the threshold of like, a, did someone go spend an hour? Is someone spending like an hour in the bathroom every day? Yeah. Then like, like okay, talk to that them. seems like a while. Yeah, maybe you should talk people to them and ask going, why like, they're doing that. If somebody because, actually is spending too much time consistently in the bathroom, people are going to notice and or like if their bosses yeah. are paying any attention at all, like then they should be talking to them and saying, "Hey, we notice you're spending a lot of time in the bathroom. Is everything okay?" Yeah. Like, maybe that person actually has a legitimate reason to be doing that, A. Yeah. B, if they don't, then figure out what's going on. Because maybe it's like, oh, I feel like I have no privacy and I just want an, a, a space alone. Yeah. Maybe it's, I'm, I'm just coming up with something. Like, okay. Or maybe let's there's like something bad happened in their life and they need somewhere to cry. Like, yeah. Sometimes, just, okay. Sometimes people need to just be not being looked at by other people. Okay. Yeah. That's like a mental health thing. So, like, I just there's just a lot of, this is, this is a complicated thing. This is not, this is not whoever thinks that employees are just going in the bathroom because they just are lazy and they don't want to do work. And they're just going to be on social media in the bathroom, like just because they're lazy and like Uh those people need to be whipped into shape. That, that just, that whole line of thinking is just totally flawed in my opinion. It's just very, very flawed. And I don't even know if we should go down this rabbit hole, but this also seems like it would disproportionately affect women who like, are going to be sitting on toilets also more that, often than men, like, and just makes it more uncomfortable for them. I, it's just the whole idea is is horrible, and I hate it. And I hate that they say they're already shipping these out. Yeah, I, what? Who? This is so. I feel like they didn't announce it until they started selling to companies. <laughs> like, I feel like that was on purpose. Yeah, because they probably would have gotten a ton of backlash. Right. And I mean, there's already huge companies, like you know, like companies like Amazon. They like time people's bathroom breaks, and they can't even. The warehouse is so big that the Amazon employees don't even have enough time to go to the restroom and get back to their job 
without being like docked like points or whatever because they, right. they, they took too long because it's just the walk to get there. Yeah. And there's already rough. like issues like that happening in the workplace. And then I hear something about like this and it's just like, this is so stupid. It's so, it's so, it's so punitive. It's just, it's punitive and mean and I hate it. All right. Well, it's time for breaking news now. The part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read those to you on the fly. Scams. Ready, set, Go! go. Okay, I found this on Reuters. Uh, A Vietnamese entrepreneur is promoting an environmentally friendly way to sip drinks by using grass stems to make reusable biodegradable straws. So it's just another option for like plastic straw replacements using grass, which is interesting Hmm. to me. I wonder if that would feel less weird than a paper straw. I don't like paper straws. Yeah, I'm fine with them, but they just get like soggy really quickly. It's, yeah, they have a weird mouthfeel. I'd mm. rather just like drink from the glass. That's usually my, yeah. what I go for. Yeah, my whole thing is that like when there's ice in it, that bothers my teeth because mm. it's like too cold. If that there's makes sense. ice when I'm drink, sipping that, that's the only reason why I like straws. Really, is just for that reason only. Um, but yeah, so so this guy has started a like a startup basically from Vietnam, and he uses. Uh, wild gray sedge grass, I guess, that grows in like swamp land. Okay. Um, so he has this operation that will like pick the grass, clean the straws, and then bake them or set them out to dry in the sun for two or three days. And to, I guess they like harden and they work. So, um, they produce about 3,000 straws every day at this point. Hmm. But he said that they can't like, they don't have enough grass to like super grow right. this right now, like because they have to wait for the natural for it to like grow back. But um, yeah, and it's like totally biodegradable and everything too, right. which is better than like grass. paper because it's yeah. just grass. Well, it seems like it wouldn't get soggy like uh, like a paper straw would. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it would. But I also have no idea. Like maybe it <laughs> falls apart in a different way, but it, I don't think it would get soggy because yeah. plants don't like absorb water like that. Like the cellular structure is probably stronger than like what the paper would be. Right. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. But yeah. So lots of creativity. You've heard of paper straws, but have you heard of grass straws? Now we have. have. (laughs) I found this on UPI. It's a real short one. Firefighters rescue dog stranded in a a tree after chasing a cat. (laughs) I have to show you the picture How of this. How did the dog get up in the tree? Oh. It's like way up there. Wow. In tree. Yeah, it's pretty high up. Um, firefighters in California came to the rescue of a dog that chased a cat up a tree and ended up stranded at the top. It's reminded me of like the old woman who swallowed a fly story. Um, but uh, anyway, the uh, Lathrop Manteca Fire District said the German Shepherd was chasing a cat when the feline fled up a tree and the dog followed. Uh, firefighters arrived to find the cat at the top of the tree. There's a lot of ways, basically, of saying that the cat <laughs> and the dog were both in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the cat jumped to safety on its own because cats can do that because they just they are made of unbreakable things. Um, but the dog needed some help from the firefighters and a ladder to get safely back to the solid ground. Oh. And uh, the firefighters said they're glad to hear that it all turned out well for the pooch, but uh, we're all pretty sure he'll think twice about chasing a cat up the next tree. 
That's funny. I've never heard of that happening. Yeah, I, I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen a uh, a dog in a, a dog tree. in a tree. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. That's something new. <laughs> it looks like it was like a German Shepherd or something. Too. Yeah, it, was, like, it, it was, probably was like it was powerful enough to jump up there. As, right, it probably funny. made the leap up, but could not make the leap down. Yeah. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you like to listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews and on Twitter at at knickknacknews. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.